Goes. I'm here with Adam Kagan. How are you, Adam? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Very good. It's good to see you. It's yeah. been a little while since we've done the uh, the interview. Yeah, too long. Too long indeed. So we're going to talk about Facebook advertising and specifically how to get clients with Facebook ads. We all know that you know it's been a, one of the main platforms for acquiring customers along with uh, Google Ads and YouTube and LinkedIn and I guess some other platforms like Instagram and, and Snapchat. Although since uh, Facebook acquired Instagram, that's kind of part of that. But mm-hmm. So I don't have a fixed set of questions. I have curiosities, and I'm going to ask questions based on what we talk about. Sounds but good. the goal is for the audience, uh, anyone that views this, to ask questions live if possible. Yeah, you know, guys, I've, I've, I've been doing Facebook ads for a few years now and have some really good experience. So if you have any questions, ask away. Now's the time. So would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself. I put an intro in the Facebook uh, event, but just in your own words, kind of what's your background? Uh, what are you focusing on right now? So primarily, just to get a sense of what we're doing here, are the people listening and who are going to see these videos, are they business owners who uh, want to help other clients with their Facebook ads, or are they businesses who are trying to get new clients through Facebook ads? From my um, understanding, it's about half-half. There's a fair amount of agencies and marketers and you know professionals that are helping other businesses, and there's a fair amount of entrepreneurs as well, like business owners. Okay, I think so it's both. Yeah, I'll try to keep it general then. Yeah, uh, quite a long while ago now, about nine years ago, uh, I got into online marketing, um, and I started helping a construction agency in Manhattan actually, and uh, I started you know back with what was big back then, which was SEO and uh, Google Ads. And uh, I recommend this to anyone who's listening who's starting their own digital agency is do some work for free. That's what I did. Um, I helped these guys out for about three weeks. And in that time, I got them to the top of the Google rankings. um, And they've been a loyal client ever since. So, you know, since then, it's been kind of a journey. And over the last Especially the last two years or so, I decided to step up uh, what I'm doing with social media marketing. And now I'm focusing much more on Facebook. Um, I think it's a great platform for advertising now. And I've been able to help a lot of clients through it. Awesome. So we already have a first question from Doug. Thanks, Doug, for your question. So are you seeing better engagement and click-through rates with professional video or uh, or with more normal iPhone video? So I'd say the rule of thumb is to go more natural, like the iPhone normal thing. With that said, you should always, always, always split test everything. Um, I could see cases where a more professional video might do better. For example, maybe if you had like a high-end car uh, retail you know, place that might do better with a, like a sweet, cool video. But just try both. But yeah, like I, th- I think one of the rules of thumb also with the iPhone videos is that it, it it makes it easier to get content out. And a lot of times people are like, I can't put out content because I have to get this really cool video done. Whereas it would be way better to get like 10 videos on your phone over 10 weeks than like wait months to get like a really professional video done. Great question, Doug. Thank you. Thanks, Doug. So one thing um, that came out of a previous interview I've done with uh, was Sandra Rand. She mentioned something in an interview to the effect of you should start with, I think it was in the Facebook, what's the tool called? The, power, uh, um, 
the one that allows you to create videos really quickly. There's a tool on Facebook, like in, on the ad side, it's Power or something. I, oh, Power Editor? Yeah, that's a, I'm very bad with names right now, but uh, Facebook Power Editor. So you create kind of a slideshow style video, something really quickly with. Oh, you uh, mean a slideshow video? Yes, yes. Right. With Facebook, you start with that and then you see if it gets any engagement. And then if it does, then you can go back and create an actual video um, and keep it really organic in the beginning. And then if it really gets traction naturally, organically, then you put money into it to scale it up. Mm -hmm. What do you think of that approach? Like I said, all, a lot of these approaches need to be tested. That one sounds good. Uh, you know, uh, one thing I've found is, yeah, just any kind of video, especially in the last year, a very short, good video does uh, often a lot better than just a static photo. So it is worth trying um, uh, to do a video. Uh, and, and trying that method is worth doing. I've never done that personally. I've usually gotten like a like a pretty simple video together, whether it's like an animation or an iPhone video and popped it up. And uh, it tends to do better than photos for sure these days. Something uh, as a kind of rule of thumb to keep in mind about Facebook, th think as if you were Facebook. What do they want? They want to keep their traffic here on Facebook. So what that means is if you make a video, does it make more sense to put it on YouTube and then post it on Facebook or to put it right into Facebook? Obviously the second one. Okay. So that's something to think about. If you want to put it on YouTube, you can do that too, but do that as well. If you want to get it out there on Facebook ads, they'll give you so much more reach if it's a Facebook video. So essentially posting native content as opposed to sharing links from other platforms from YouTube. Absolutely. That's definitely a must. Okay. What's your take on organic, like getting, uh, posting organic content without advertising it versus putting money into your content, you know, setting up ads for, to, to promote, to boost that content? Great question. So here's the thing, more and more and more, it pays to do paid advertisement. You have to, again, think like your Facebook. They've got this big community of hundreds of millions of people. They could either let everyone just share everything across the platform or they could make it a premium feature to get more spread. The really nice thing is, is it doesn't have to cost too much. You can spend, honestly, like one of my favorite business mentors, uh, Facebook mentors, he talks about just uh, start with a dollar a day. Like it can be a very little spend. You know, you want to ideally start or get up to like $5 a day. But yeah, putting that little bit of money behind it lets you reach a cold audience. It even lets you reach your own audience better. Uh, they, they, you know, they don't even let you reach your full of your own audience organically anymore. But if you just put a little bit of money behind it, you'll reach your whole audience and it's totally worth doing. The one, and that goes for Instagram too. Uh, the one platform that organic still pays and works well is YouTube because YouTube's more of a, a search engine. Right. So YouTube, you can take advantage of like SEO tactics and uh, you can use keywords and long tail keywords to get people to find your videos. Whereas on Facebook, they'll never see it unless you boost it. So it's definitely, definitely worth doing. Oh, and with uh, it, let, me, let me add something to that because I, I see this mistake being made all the time. So for this, I'm going to ask you to go into the mindset of your customer. Now, if you're going about your day on Facebook and you see an ad, think about what they would click on from their perspective. So a lot of people try to sell stuff on Facebook. So they'll like put an ad and it goes to like a landing page that's selling something. No, that never works, almost never works. You, you generally have to be giving something of very high 
immediate perceived value away for free or a very extremely low cost, ideally for free. Um, you you want to really solve a problem for someone or give them a huge benefit right away. And in exchange, they're going to give you their attention. They're going to maybe give you their email. They're, they're going to start forming a relationship with you. And that's going to allow you to retarget them and build up trust and a relationship together. You know, uh, really think of, don't be scared of giving something very valuable away for free. Uh, and to put your own money behind giving away something for free. It's counterintuitive. It feels painful. <laughs> You're like, I'm paying to give this like really cool thing away for free. But man, like the people who do that, they're the ones who get ahead. Can you give us some examples of things that would be really valuable? Maybe. Uh, so one of my, it? so one of my um, favorite and uh, clients who's been with me for a while, their name is Habits. So if any of your parents out there, I'm going to do a little plug for them. They, uh, I, I have no affili affiliate with them at all. Uh, they have an app that um, helps keeps kids off of their screens for too long. So it helps parents to control kids' screen times. Uh, and they're doing really well. And uh, what they do is they give away a free version of their app. So they, they pay, they run a video, they pay a lot. It, it's This video is running all the time on Facebook and people sign up for their, their app for free. And uh, after they get a, two, a, you know, a free two-week trial, and then after that they can continue by paying. Um, and you know, this works really well for them and other, other ways to do it. Yeah, of course, is to run to like a, a lead magnet, uh, which is, you know, just a, a, a PDF that solves a really specific pain. And that's the keyword specific, not like a general thing, something really specific that's bothering people right now. You know, say it's like in the fitness industry, it's like, it's like the top three tips to get six pack abs or whatever someone cares about. And you give them your best stuff. Don't be afraid because people will think if that's what they're giving away for free, imagine if I pay for the product, I'll learn even more. And then the paid product is when you're going to really get into the details of like really, you know, the mechanics of how to do this. But yeah, lead magnet, um, you can give away a video. You can, there's all kinds of things you can give away. Again, it's all about testing. Um, and, and, and go into the mindset of, of your, of your customer and just be like, what's something that if you, if I was that customer, what would I give up my email for? You know, and it, it's give them something like, give them something worth, here's something I learned from a mentor that really helps. Give them something that you would price at like a hundred dollars. Imagine you gave a hundred dollar thing away for free. That's how you start getting people signing up to your list. All right, before we get back to the topic of Facebook, um, one question that's related a little bit to what you, you were just mentioning with lead magnets um, is landing pages that have an opt-in for that lead magnet. So what's your take on double opt-in versus single opt-in? I think for last while, I think most marketers were using single opt-in just to get as many people on their email list as possible. I know there's a law in Canada that forces you to have double opt-in. If possible, would you go always for single opt-in if, you know, if the law allows it, or do you prefer going for double opt-in, which ensures a maybe a higher quality of your prospects? What's your view on this? Again, if you're able to test it, test it. Um, I'd say if you're in Canada and you have a long-term business goal, you'd probably want to follow all the Canadian laws very closely because if you violate them and you get flagged, you can get in a lot of trouble. You can pay a lot of money. They can do a lot of damage. So it's worth doing it properly. Um, with that said, single opt-in is just so much better. <laughs> so it's frustrating that they make you do that. 
Um, the one nice thing about double opt-in is it gets that extra level of um, commitment from someone. So it's like, it. first of all, that double opt-in initial email, which, just for people who might not know, a double opt-in is like you sign up for an email list and then you get a confirmation email that you have to click on to accept. The nice thing is, is that confirmation email gets into people's inboxes at a really high rate because it passes spam guards. So they'll get that first email, they get it right away and then they go in it and they click it. And what that's doing is it's creating like a commitment on their part that a little, a tiny one, it's called a micro commitment that like, I want to follow through with this person's email list. And then it's much more likely they'll start getting emails into their inbox. So there's a huge plus side to that. On the downside, you know, some people might not click on that box when they, once they have to rethink, do I really want to sign up for this list? Because keep in mind, a lot of times what a lead magnet does is, is they just say, there's just an opt-in and people put in their email and then they go, you know, we're going to send you the guide. And they often on the landing page don't say this is going to sign you up for our email list. So that's the problem, right? They get this confirmation email that makes them go, oh, I'm actually signing up for an email list which they should know, but sometimes they have to rethink. But the nice thing is if they click confirm, it's like a real confirmation. It's like it, it moves them into a, being a warmer buyer. So definitely upsides and downsides on both. Great question. What are some of the biggest mistakes that people make with Facebook ads? Let's say on a, a B2B uh, side, and then we can talk about B2C as well. So in my experience is that Facebook is not the best for B2B. Facebook is really, really good. I mean, unless it's marketing to like entrepreneurs who are like trying to start their own like little online business kind of thing, that can be good. But for like selling to say like a place that, you know, I don't know, delivers marble granite tops or like storage or things like that, it can be really hard because, you know, Facebook is display advertising. So people aren't searching for it. It's just popping up in their feed. So how do you target you know, a business owner of like storage, you know, it's like, it's, it can be, it can be the, 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 the size of the groups is not big enough a lot of times. So it's really good to target uh, for things that a lot of people use. So I'll bring back that example again of the app that keeps the kids off the screen time is like, there's, you know, millions and millions of parents on Facebook with young kids who are having this problem. So like, it's amazing the kind of responses we can get. Whereas when I've run uh, some B2B ads in the past, the response has been like, you know, sometimes good, but often not as nearly as good. It's way better for B2C. So you would recommend usually generally staying away from B2B ads? Yeah. Uh, then again, there's this group, like, I guess like us, like the people on this group are like entrepreneurs and that can be a really good group to market to, although it's getting much more expensive because Facebook knows that lots of people are marketing to people like us. Um, and those are often ads of like, you know, how to get more clients and things like that. It's less like, it's less like, you know, structural things that businesses need and more tactics and education on how we can improve our businesses. It's worth trying with a, a long game in mind. You know, you're going to be giving someone a ton of value to uh, get access to your education and then eventually down the line, they'll maybe buy some a course from you or something. What's the best way to organize your campaigns, your ad sets and, and your ads? I've heard, you know, from some people that you should put, for example, one ad per ad set and then 
test out a bunch of you know different ad sets in one campaign. What's the best way usually to organize that? Uh, usually, I do about three ads split split test two to three ads within an ad set, and I'll usually uh, you know there's a lot of people who want to have you know forty ad sets and things. I find that's just crazy. Like it's too hard to manage. I you know we do like we try to do like four to six ad sets at a time. Um, otherwise, it's just too hard to know what's going on. Uh, you know, and then there's more, you know, it didn't used to be as important, but now I've seen people splitting their ad sets between mobile and um, desktop, and that can be a really good thing to try. A tool that I haven't used yet, but I've heard nothing but good things is Ad Espresso. It's a really great interface, apparently, for uh, split testing and just having a really easy view. Unfortunately, it's not free, um, but the more, you know, I'm thinking of trying it soon, um, especially as I'm working with larger and larger campaigns. What are some of the main metrics that you want to track? I mean, there's a lot of metrics on Facebook ads. When you go in there, there's a lot of, you know, different fields that you can look at and different points of data. What, in your experience, has been the most important kind of KPIs or uh, indicators in there? Well, uh, I'm curious, have you used Facebook ads? A little bit. I mean, I've been exposed to it because I've seen other people play with it extensively. Um, I'm by no means any expert with Facebook ads. I've only set myself maybe two or three ads in total so far. Mm -hmm. So I know I don't know much about it, but I've just seen other people know what they're doing, play with it. So I'm just curious, you or anyone listening, uh, what do you think are the main things you should be looking at in uh, Facebook? I'm just curious to see what people think because... Uh, I've often found heard very different things. Right. I mean, what I could say from my understanding, it's it's definitely not just you know likes and and comments because the goal of those ads is usually to bring them to <clears throat> a lead magnet or you know some page. You want to convert them to a customer. So ideally, you want to track as far in the process as possible. If that makes sense as opposed to just, oh, they, how many people have seen the ad or how many people have liked the ad. or um, I don't think that's enough for you to actually measure the real result from your ad. Yeah, well, it really depends what your goal is. I mean, some of the ads are used for growing, you know, your following and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And um, with those ads and, and other ads, it is, uh, it's really good to have lots of likes. Um, it's, even better to have lots of shares. Um, they say you want to have a two to one ratio for comments to shares. So if you have a hundred comments, you want to have 50 shares. And that's a good sign of like a healthy ratio there. Um, and then there's also, I can't remember off the top of my head, the percentage, it might be like, you know, three to 5%. You just want to make sure there's, uh, you know, I'll look this up after and post it. There's a percentage of uh, the number, the amount of reach you've had you want to have a percentage of that turn into comments and, and shares because otherwise it means people aren't engaged. Um, so those are important metrics. They're definitely not the most, most important. I'd say some of the top most important metrics are click-through rate, just like you would have on uh, pay-per-click uh, Google AdWords. Facebook recently introduced, or not that recently, over the last year or two, they introduced a click-through rate all which is a bit confusing because that means the number of people who clicked anywhere on your ad. So that could be a like or doing something 
but then there's a click through rate. That's the one you want to look at and you want that percentage for the click through rate should be higher than 1%. 1% is the industry standard for like a pretty good performing ad. If it's lower than 1%, that's a bit concerning. If you, I've had campaigns go as high as 6% and that's like time to party. So that's a really good metric. Another key metric that not enough people look at is relevancy score. You really want your relevance score to be higher than six. Uh, it's out, it's a score out of 10 and it, it's basically a, a composite of, you know, a lot of different metrics, like how far it's reached, how many people have engaged with it. If there's been people hiding it, like turning down, there's been people clicking through. So you want to have your, your relevancy score out of 10 higher than six. If it falls lower than six, it's worth really looking at. With that said, I've had a few campaigns uh, where the relevancy score has been even at like five and six, but it's still converting. So I'm like, why would I change it? I guess it means people are, some people are hiding it, but I, I, it seems to be working. So, you know, don't, don't fix it if it's not broken. It's just something to look at. Another key one is, you know, this is less important, but it is important is, is I'm blanking on the name. It's the one of uh, how many times people have seen it. It's uh, yeah. Anyways, it's it's a very obvious name of of how many people how many times people have seen uh, your ad, and you want to keep that number really low. When it starts getting up to like five, six times people have seen your ad, uh, you're you're starting to get a little bit concerned. And oh. when it gets up to like ten, that's frequency. Like frequency. Yes, thank you. <laughs> when it gets up to ten, that's like the absolute max. You got to think if you've seen an ad ten times, you're not going to be too happy. Um, but it gets around five, six, seven. It's time to start pausing it, shutting it down. And the nice thing is, is you can you can pause an ad, wait a few months, and run it again. You know. Any tips on retargeting? You mentioned it a few times. What's a good general strategy for retargeting? Hmm. Well, retargeting just in principle is so great because, uh, and it's one of the beautiful things about you know online marketing and Facebook marketing has made it so powerful and easy. Um, is that there's this um, statistic that flies around that the average customer needs to have seven points of contact with a business before they buy. So there's some who need, the first time they hear about you, they'll go and buy your thing. There's some who need to hear from you 20 times, but on average, they need to have seven times when they've interacted kind of often in different ways with you, whether it's through email and advertising, blah, blah, blah. So what retargeting does is like they've seen your ad and then, then they click on it or they do something. And then later on, they because they did that, they get entered into another group and they get to see it again, maybe in a different way. My strategy for it is to, you know, for example, something that works really well is you show video to like say a general audience. And then the number of people who watch say 50% of the video, you put them into a custom group. You could call it like 50% video watchers, right? And then you retarget to them an ad that takes them to the landing page more directly, like just a picture ad that time. Okay. That one works really well. And I run that a lot. Facebook groups. So driving people from your ads, either directly or indirectly, maybe as a second step, once they've been through your lead magnets, or it could be directly, but what's your, what's your take on the use of Facebook groups and how to drive traffic and get new members for, for your group? For your group or for your page? For your group, Facebook group. So I haven't had experience with that directly, but what I could imagine works really well is, is, you know, have a very short 
powerful video that teaches people something uh, and you have, you know, night, like one paragraph, but you know, one headline, three sentences explaining like what's in this video and why people need to watch it. They watch it. And then at the end, it invites them to, to join the group. That's something I, I would run right away. And then people who watch 50% of that video, you retarget them again, inviting them to the group. And because that, because that group is not, you know, directly profitable, I wouldn't spend more than a few dollars a day on that. Just thinking, any other thoughts about Facebook advertising in general that you'd like to share? Anything that comes up for you? Maybe in your experience um, with your I'll, clients? Yeah, I'll just mention that there's a lot of talk right now about Facebook being, uh, you know, a big problems happening there. And it's something to be concerned about and people are talking about it. And my take on it is that when I first heard about it, I was like, in this media climate, even when I heard about it a few times, I was like, in this media climate where stories are just flying out and disappearing all the time, um, it won't be a problem, you know, but I keep seeing it come back. It, it seems like it's a much bigger problem than people thought. Um, so I'm actually really curious to see what happens. But on the plus side, what I will say is this, there's a reason that it's such a big deal and that people spent so much money to do all the stuff they did on Facebook that was problematic. The reason is, is it works. So what that means, you know, take the plus side of this is that there's something very powerful about Facebook advertising. Our goal as marketers and business owners is, you know, we're going to use it for good. <laughs> we're not going to do messed up stuff with it, but it, it, uh, it works. And I can tell you in my own experience, it works. I can tell you from other people I know it works. Um, you just, you have to do it right. You have to invest in it. You have to be, you have to be okay with it not working. And also it definitely works better in some niches, uh, than others. I remember, for example, I was helping a, a political campaign software in the U S that would help it would, it would help the client get new, sorry, the, the software would help political campaigns know all kinds of stuff that they needed before an election. Like if they're, um, you know, they have these door to door knockers who go around and visit people and it, it just could keep track of who they've seen and all this important stuff. Right. So we, you know, they asked me to try help them on Facebook and I do this stuff I normally do. And it was really challenging. I don't know if it's because it might be because it had the whole election stuff involved in it. Facebook kind of suppressed it. Um, or what I really think is it's not great for, for high ticket items for, other businesses. You can definitely sell high ticket items like high ticket trainings that teach people all kinds of stuff. But for, for like businesses to buy a software for $700, like it's, it's not the best for that. That's much better for pay-per-click. Adam, thank you so much. I ran out of time, but uh, it's been very valuable. Very interesting. Um, I got to ask you several questions. If anyone else has uh, questions after this was published, if you want to comment below, I'm sure Adam uh, will maybe have a chance to reply. Uh, but other than that, thank you. Thanks, Matt. Have Looking a great day. Forward to chatting soon. Take care. Same. Bye. Bye. Cheers. Bye.